Hi, I'm Liz hirschnoff tolly and welcome to Capital Coffee Connection. And I'm really excited because I have an amazing guest today, and he works in a capital, and we're having coffee. That's right. And we're going to connect. Looking forward to it. So thank you. Of course. Um, and I want to just give a brief understanding of why we're doing this podcast. So there's a lot of podcasts where it's the latest news, the latest fighting, the latest legislation. On our podcast, we are not talking about politics and policy. We're talking about humanity and heart and home. You know, where people come from and who they are. Because I think so many times in our world, elected leaders are just thought of as a politician or as a cutout um, with a stump speech. But they don't, people don't get to really know that there's this amazing person who has really good stories, interesting families, and is doing amazing work and really is doing it from their heart. So uh, you think about like the human genome and 99.6% of all beings, 8 billion plus on planet Earth are the same. It's only a 0.4 that is kind of what separates us. So I look at this as an opportunity to go, okay, what separates us? What's, what is different and how can we celebrate that as opposed to being taken apart by that? So um, I was thinking a little bit about our guest and I was thinking back to my grandparents because they came through Russia to, through Harbin, China, to America. And they didn't know each other all through that journey, but they met in Seattle at a dance. Um, and I know that your parents immigrated from Eritrea. That's right. But they didn't meet there. Correct. They met in America, in That's Bakersfield. Right. That's right. So I'm going to ask you how they met, because sure. my grandparents met at a dance. And I just think that it's so interesting. We think people, when they immigrate, like they kind of know each other. But there's this beautiful surprise. Um, that they find somebody that they can relate to and that's part of their community in a new place. So I want to welcome our guest. Um, Jonah Goose is the congressman from Colorado's 2nd District. Mm -hmm. And just to give an idea of what that district is, it's really an interesting one and he can elaborate more, but it has Boulder, Weld, Clear Creek, Eagle, Gilpin, Grand, Jefferson, Larimer, Summit, Jackson, and Route. And your district really is interesting because it's got city, it's got skiing, mm -hmm. it's got a lot of diversity. So maybe you can expand upon that in a minute. But I also think it's really cool that you are the first black person to be a member in the House from the state of Colorado. Yeah. And it's pretty cool to be a first. I wish it weren't, you know. Uh, but if that is the way it's going to be, um, thank you for being that first, and thank you for the work you do. Um, so we're going to just jump into getting to know who you are. Sure. So we're going to go back, I say, to the beginning of Joe time. Okay. Um, and talk a little bit about growing up with parents that were immigrants. Maybe tell us how they met and what that was like in Bakersfield, because you spent your first years there, and then you moved to Colorado. That's right. Uh, well, first, it's great to be with you. Thank and, you. And thanks for this opportunity and uh, and your kind words. And, and any thank you, uh, you know, goes to my constituents, not to me, because uh, they, uh, you know, were the folks who put the vote of trust and confidence in me to represent them. And our state, I think, is a very diverse and inclusive state. And I like uh, that. reflective in terms of the, the folks who represent them at the state level and in the House. Uh, I grew up in Colorado, as you mentioned. I spent a vast majority of my life there, but I was born in Bakersfield, California. Uh, moved to Colorado when I was six years old. Yeah, my parents, as you referenced, were both immigrants. They came here from Eritrea, a war-torn country in East yes. Africa, came to the United States as refugees, met in Southern California, uh, really met through, uh, you've 
you have uh, uh, sparked in me an interest to ask my parents now for more details about their precise meeting. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, they, my understanding is they met through shared networks. Right. Uh, there were a number of uh, uh, you know folks who were refugee who were refugees from. East Africa at that time in yeah. light of the, the war taking place there. And so they had family members that also immigrated and, and through those mutual connections ended up meeting each other. Uh, they got married. I was born a year later. In, uh, and the in, rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I mean, look, I, my story, my family's story is not an uncommon one. Uh, you, know, you talked about your family's background. I think it is uh, what is great about our country, right? Yeah. But for the freedoms and the opportunities that we have in the United States, uh, we would not have been able to live the American dream. And my parents uh, would not have been able to you know, come to a country as refugees with virtually nothing. And then 40 years later, see their son uh, you know, serve in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, it's that, very that, cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, and to me, it's, it's emblematic of what we all uh, aspire for our country to be, this beacon of hope and liberty and, and a place where uh, if you work hard and you make sacrifices, uh, you can give back to your country in a you know, variety of different ways. Right. So, yeah, I, growing up with parents uh, like my parents, who are really my heroes, my dad, my mom. I mean, they they were. Uh, you think about kind of their lived experience. Again, all that they kind of went through and sacrificed. They worked very hard to build this middle class life for my sister and I. I have a younger yeah. sister who's about a year and a half younger, and. I will be forever grateful to them. Uh, yeah. They, at a very early age, made clear to uh, me and my sister that we had this obligation to pay it forward, that we had been tremendously lucky. Right? You, you sort of think about, uh, I have a lot of you know cousins and an extended family who would never have the opportunities that I have here in the United States. And so- Because they remain back. Precisely. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was something to not take for granted. And, that, and at a young age, uh, something that I was certainly cognizant of, and I'm grateful to my parents for uh, you know, making sure that that awareness was something that we lived with, uh, you know, throughout our lives. Yeah, I, I when I hear that, I think about like to appreciate. When you appreciate things in your life, you have a better quality of life, also. Yeah. You know, yeah. talk a little bit about high school. Mm -hmm. You know, did you have a teacher or some outstanding moment that it was like really? Um, inspiring or somebody that took an interest in you as a young person outside of your family sure. that was uh, motivational or special to this day in your life? Certainly. I mean, I, there, I was a public school student from kindergarten in Colorado through uh, all the way through law school. There were a number of teachers in elementary school and middle school and high school and uh, college and law school who had an invaluable impact on me, who mentored me you know, every step of the way. Uh, as I think right now in this instance, I would think back to my high school government teacher who, you know, was kind of the, my, my first foray into student government and, and really kind of uh, learning more about American government. And she was an incredible teacher. And, what was and her name? Miss Vote, Lisa Vote. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think that class had an indelible impact on me in terms of thinking about, uh, you know, in the future what my career might look like. Uh, I certainly never envisioned serving in Congress, but I knew that I wanted to be engaged in public service in some way, and, and I certainly credit that class as one of the reasons. What was another um, reason? Like, was something in, obviously, you being your family? Yeah. I mean, School? I think probably the largest driver. Uh, I'm not one for too much self-analysis, and so, and I, you know, let yeah. others, you know, kind of uh, uh, 
reach their own conclusions about uh, you know my motivations. But my my general driver as to why I decided to pursue public service is largely born from my parents' experiences and their journey to the country. And, and you know, giving and back when, and pushing, yeah, I mean, paying when, forward, like you yeah, said. Precisely, paying it forward. And when you've when you know um, and have a visceral understanding of the sacrifices that your family has made to put you in a position in which um, you can contribute, and you also are cognizant of just how incredible American citizenship is yes. and the miracle of democracy, which yes. does not exist in a lot of places in the world. Yeah. Um, you, at least for me anyway, it, it gave me a, a zeal for uh, for serving. And so and that's something Well, thank that's, you for that. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I, I credit that to my parents. Yeah. So. Um, so did you have any first jobs that were, you know, not romantic and not sexy, but hard ones or interesting ones when you were in high school and in college? Yeah, sure. I was a lifeguard, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for many years. I worked at our local recreation center, um, you know, handing out basketballs and, and trading in the equipment, did the did that uh, in college as well at the rec center. Um, you know, they helped me, help me pay the bills, help me pay for college, uh, enjoyed those jobs. Um, yeah. And, and some days those are, you know, and it's, they were all, you learn something new and different from each one of the jobs that you have throughout life. Yeah. It's kind of like the people, it's getting the people experience. Also, totally. You know, totally. yeah. Cause sometimes they're yeah, not a lot happy. of interactions. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of what you do now. Customer service. Yeah. Right? It's kind of what you do now. Yeah, precisely. Um, so you uh, are married to Andrea. Yes. And yeah. you all have two kids, Natalie yes. and Josh. That's right. Okay. So I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about how hard it is, how wonderful it is to be a parent. Yeah. And now uh, your first daughter is about five and yeah. you have a newborn. So how do you balance that with also having to be in D.C. and having to also serve your constituents in Colorado? Because that's a lot. Uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, look, we, it's a, first and foremost, being a parent is, is a, you know, sort of blessing upon blessing. I mean, I, I don't, I, I uh, always wanted to be a parent. And when my wife and I welcomed our first child into the world, Natalie, who's now uh, turning five and uh, has started uh, kindergarten. And, Very cute. You know, it was, it changed our lives. And uh, it has given me the greatest joy being a parent. It's the, it's the funnest job that I have. Um, certainly the, the, the part of my, life that I enjoy the most. Um, As you mentioned, we now have a newborn son who's a couple months old, Joshua. And so uh, his bigger sister is uh, enjoying him also. She's another mother. uh, Yeah, another mother. Big plans for him all summer. So it's been a a fascinating experience. Uh, It has been a challenge. My wife is is incredible and has been just such a a, uh, a dedicated and committed partner. and, And she really, I mean, she's an incredible mother. She's um, and as you know, as you referenced, I spend a lot of time on the road. I'm, I'm in Washington, D.C. a lot. Um, they don't tell you when you're running for Congress, although I suppose it should be intuitive that you're going to spend a lot of time in the nation's capital. Uh, I love, you know, I've spent almost all my life in Colorado, as I mentioned. When I moved to Colorado when I was six, I spent very little time outside of the state up until I got elected to Congress in 2018. So it's tough because while I, it's a privilege to represent our Absolutely. great state, uh, but Part of the, of course, the, the main reason why I live in Colorado is because I love living in Colorado and being there with my family. And um, so, yeah, not having that opportunity to see them every day is is a challenge. But uh, you know, there are, notwithstanding the fact, the reality is there are countless other parents making far bigger sacrifices than I am. It's a privilege to be able to go represent your state in Congress. And so, you know, we balance out the 
additional yeah. responsibilities we might have to and and we make it work. And there are a lot of other young uh, members of Congress who you've interviewed, I suspect, who are, and you are trying also, to and achieve kind of, that same balance. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all, and I think you have each other, but I also say this part, which is I love that our country has young leaders mm -hmm. because we, we don't want to be in a position where we just have older folks because you can actually understand the struggle. Yeah. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, you totally. can understand your constituent struggle if you can relate by having those experiences. Totally. You know, it's a different way. Okay, now I just want to ask about, you have a dog named Teddy. Yes. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Teddy and does Teddy happy Joshua arrived or is Teddy jealous? So it's interesting, Teddy. Because this is an important question. It's an important question. He is not jealous. Um, he kind of is, is interacted with Joshua in the same way he interacted with Natalie when she was born. Mm -hmm. He loves Natalie now. They are partners in crime, getting in all it. sorts of trouble. Yeah. Uh, but you know, early on when she was born, he wasn't really sure, uh, kind of how to approach interacting with her. You know, she he. Uh, Joshua now and Natalie when she was born, you're, you're not mobile, right? You're not talking much. But you take up a uh, lot of the parents' time. You do take up a lot of the parents' time, but he's also older now than mm -hmm. he was. So we uh, we adopted Teddy from a rescue puppy uh, 12 years ago. He'll be 12 in October. So uh, he's... He's up there. He's up there. He's incredible, got all kinds of energy, but he's been a really big part of our lives, me and Andrea, you yeah. know, since uh, we've been we've been together 13 years. Oh, we've wow. Been, uh, married for uh, would be our eight-year anniversary here uh, next month, and so we've had Teddy for for nearly that entire time. So he's he is our first child. I like that. Uh, I like <laughs> that. Um, can you share with us what might be the best advice you've ever received? Worst advice? It can be personally. It could be politically. I, I'm just curious. Like good advice and advice you're like, yeah, somebody told me that, and it was just not the right thing. Uh, that's a great question. A tougher question about worse advice. I don't know. So I, just do best. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but best advice, um, I'd say a couple of different things. I think early on when I got involved in public service, there was a an individual that I worked for. He was a speaker of the state house okay. of representatives in Colorado. And I, I was his driver. I you know, worked for him later as his scheduler. And he, we would talk a lot about politics and policy. And again, this was at a time when I, I certainly would never had envisioned serving in Congress. But he would often talk about the need for public servants to have intellectual curiosity, mm. all right, to be willing to kind of see a problem uh, through the lens of perhaps someone who has a different worldview right. than your own. And a lot of what's missing in our public policy discussions these days seems to be precisely that and so that that advice wasn't so much direct advice as much as it was an observation that yes that he offered and that i gleaned and that i you know could have recalled and have tried to put to good use and try to remind myself of yeah uh, because uh, you know there's this temptation to kind of just think that you know the answer uh, or that your party knows the answer uh, and at the end of the day you learn more by willing to be open to different solutions. So I, that that's, that's great probably advice, yeah. actually. There's great. other advice I've got. You know, I um, you know being nimble in terms of not uh, had one mentor sort of advised that well, it's it's great to have goals and, and pursue your dreams. You don't want to be so fixated on a particular path that you you kind of lose the forest for the trees and you miss opportunities that Absolutely. might come along. And that yeah. was really thoughtful advice. That I'm and I don't know that I necessarily took that advice. Uh, certainly all the time, but you've, I've tried. 
Well, I don't think advice is something you take all the time, but it is something you absorb, and I do think it, it does play a part in your decisions if you actually let it be a part of... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you didn't think you were going to be a leader, and now you are, you know, yeah. an elected leader. Um, who is your biggest cheerleader? Who is my biggest cheerleader? Uh, my wife. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's my best friend and, and yeah. my partner, and so she, uh, yeah, she, <laughs> she will be supportive uh, even when I know, you know, sometimes you, you deliver a, a speech that you didn't think was the most compelling, and, and she'll, she'll also be honest with me, and, and she, you know, keeps me keeps me honest. Keeps you humble. It keeps me humble. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my wife, yeah. my parents, uh, you know, yeah. my mom, um, uh, my children, my daughter, who's now, you know, she she is. I love it, that. It's it's incredible to be able to kind of to. It, she's getting older, and you know, starts to understand the job that I have right. and, and the role that I'm I'm trying to play, and and it's been fascinating to kind of see that unfold yeah it's kind of interesting because she sort of has grown up with you as you've been in the congress that's right i mean she was only she was born a month after i had won the primary election she was only four months old five months old when i was sworn into the united states congress and she's five now so yeah yeah, it's been a real interesting to see and check in through the years you know yeah yeah um totally switching if you were on a desert island and there was one meal you could have and that you would want to have what would it be Oh my gosh, one meal. Just so I can make two, I but I'm, is, okay. I, think, well, I want to make it tough for you. <laughs> and is this, this is a meal that I'm going to be eating like for every... Or oh, th- that's this a good is, question. Or is this... this <laughs> yeah, it, no, I'm just kidding. So it's the no, context it's just the, of co- the context is like, what is your favorite meal in yeah. a, like that there's nothing else? You can't go in the fridge and pick something else. It's tough. I mean, I guess if I pick one meal, it would probably be... I'm gonna sound so simple and and you know just as I love it. Uh, spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs. That's the best. Is that, it covers is that, a lot of food okay, sugars. It a, tastes good. <laughs> I like it. Um, do you have time to exercise? I uh, I do. I don't do it as much as I should. I you know often. What do you play, do for exercise? So I love playing pickup basketball. You know, I've played mm-hmm. basketball my whole life. Uh, there's a gym in the house. Uh, in the U.S. House, and so there used to be pickup games, bipartisan pickup games lo- that we I would play. Uh, those have kind of dwindled in recent years, and so it's probably time for me to, to dust off the sneakers and get back into it. Uh, you know, yeah. I come, as I said, you know, from Colorado, a state that is famous for its hiking trails and biking trails. So my wife and I used to, before we had kids, you know, we do a lot, a lot more running, and yeah, we still go on hikes with, of course, Natalie now. Um, and Joy, we haven't taken Joshua out on a hike yet, quite yet. He's still kind of yeah, uh, little, you know, yeah. Okay. And what kind of music do you enjoy listening to? I have a very eclectic, it's been described, I describe it as eclectic. I don't know that my wife would agree with me uh, with that characterization of it, but I think it's eclectic. I listen to everything from, you know, hip hop and R&B to soft rock, you name it. I'll, yeah, I mean, if you go through my uh, iPod, or I don't know, iPod there's now, no real, there's my no, iPhone. I know, um, iPod, yeah, just, you just like totally I'm dating myself yourself. by about <laughs> 10 decades. But you know what, if you went through my iPhone, you, you, you the, the songs would jump back and forth from decade to decade. I love you, it. You might find, um, you know, Jay-Z and, and Tupac, and then it would, you know, go to Journey and, and uh, you know, John Mayer. I mean, it is, yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's good. Um, do you play Wordle, by the way? I don't play Wordle. I never gotten into Wordle. I just wonder, yeah. That, my like, wife does. I, I yeah. Okay, I, I started about a month and a half ago because people had said, and one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then you become really quickly addicted because it's um, it's 
you know, it's five minutes in the morning. It's kind of like a new piece for yeah, me. Yeah, everyone like describes it. it as a very kind of engrossing, you know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. As long as it condensed amount of time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I may have to try it. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite color? Blue. Dark, light. Just curious. Uh, I think, I mean, probably light more than dark, but I'm okay. just thinking sort of a simple yeah. blue. And what is your zodiac sign? Uh, Taurus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does that represent you well, you think? I don't know. I'm not, I am not Following. a particularly knowledgeable person about zodiac, <laughs> but my wife does follow that pretty closely, astrology, and, and thinks that it's a fairly good representation of my personality. Okay, good. Good or bad. I yeah, think. yeah. So okay, now that's, speaking that's, of that's, wife, what is your favorite chore, household chore? My favorite household chore? Uh, probably dishes. Dishes. Yeah. Are you good yeah. at them? Yeah. yeah. Does Andrea I, think I, I you're mean, good at them? Well, I'm very good at loading, unloading uh, the dishes. and But yeah, I don't, I'll, you have to interview Andrea. To get yeah, I'd have to ask her to later. I'm going to double check I'm, this but one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, where in the world would you and Andrea like to travel to that you've never been? If you that we've never could been. pick the place. Um, yeah. Well, we've been, it's a tough question because we've been to different places. So uh, I think, but that being said, there are a number of places in Africa that neither her or I have been to that I think we'd love to visit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we, neither of us have been to Egypt. And, you know, I would love to be able to, to visit Egypt. And I'm a student of history. And so, you know, you, you, to be able to, to journey to that part of the world. Would be awesome. Would be pretty, yeah, incredible. Yeah. 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 So, but she might have a very different answer for it. She's interested in going to Egypt too, but like she has other. Well, she might have like the idea she's... of like a, a relaxing beach somewhere. No, I mean, well, yes, but also she I'm likes... not saying it in a bad way. I'm yeah. saying two kids. Yeah, well, yeah, true. I was giving her a break. I <laughs> no, was letting no, no. her take a little time off. No, she's much, she's much more. She's also a student of history, and so I think she would probably have, uh, you know, uh, some European countries that she'd love to visit. That, uh, yeah, I mean, a bunch of different places. Listen, you have a long life ahead. You're young, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you'll fig- you'll get you could do a lot. So I like that. Um, just that it's nice you have somebody you want to do it with. Totally, you know. Um, so now we play this little game called Kiss, Mary, Trash. Some people know it as Kiss, Mary, Kill. And basically, I do trash because we don't kill. But you pick, I will give you three things. And you say, kiss, what you'd kiss, what you would marry, what you would trash. Huh. It's a hard one. Okay. But I've done this with some of your colleagues. I may, and I may they opt have, out of this game depending on the... <laughs> no, it's kind of fun. And you can really just talk about the answers. It's not a, there's no quiz, but it's just a nice way to kind of get to know you on a few, uh, okay. a few levels. <laughs> so the first one is chocolate chip cookies, ice cream, or apple pie. So what would you marry, chocolate what would you ki- kiss, and what would you trash? And, and it was chocolate chip chocolate cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, ice cream, apple pie. Apple pie. Uh, well, I, I mean, my favorite dessert above any other dessert would be apple pie. And so, so you'd that, marry that, it. That is. Um, but, uh, you know, hard to envision a world in which you wouldn't be able to have ice cream or chocolate chip cookies. I, I don't, that's a, that's a Hobson's choice. I mean, I don't know that you can. That's too for, much. For, yeah, that's too much. That's okay. too much. See, but settle, but you apple say pie. Apple pie is Definitely one. at the top. Okay. Yeah. Um, seasons. Summer, fall, winter. Boy, what are, what tough questions. This is yeah, a well, lot of podcasts. These are, these are, these are tough questions because Colorado, as you know, uh, you know, we have epic winters uh and we are the you know, undisputed champion of winter sports and so i'm not i could never give up our winners um that that's you know i represent vale and winter park breckenridge 
steamboat springs. Places. I mean, the best, uh, ski best skiing, and snow yeah. sports uh, um, resorts in the country, in the world. So winter, uh, got to be at the very top. And then a season that I would give up. I mean, I, gosh, what a tough. I, I also could never give up fall. Fall is our fall. It's really, yeah. I mean, I, it's arguably my favorite season. Uh, yeah. We're big, big Halloween fans. Uh, yeah. I say we, you know, my family, yeah, yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. and I are. That's a know, big celebration. It's a big celebration. Natalie, now our daughters, we, we have passed that on to her. So she's very into it. So we couldn't give up fall. You know what I was going to say? I just thought about this because, you know, Colorado is so interesting. You could almost have in one day winter, fall, and summer in Colorado. Well, correct. Correct. It's, why it's 100%. That's why it's tough for me to make a, you know, to apply yeah. on this particular choice because. Yeah. We get all the seasons in a, and sometimes know, in one day. That, correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might get a blizzard, and then you know by the next day the snow is all dissipated. Right, and there's some sun, and there's some leaves yeah. are changing colors. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, if you know for relaxing, Netflix, reading, meditating. So, how would you rank those? Netflix, I, reading, meditating. I've never. Well, again, tough. I would put reading at the top, um, just because I've always kind of been a, reader. a voracious reader and and. I spend a lot of time on the plane now, going back and forth yeah. from Colorado to Washington. So I spent a lot of time reading. And then, I don't know, Netflix, mediate, uh, meditating, uh, that's tough. They can both be, they can both be, um, you can kiss both. I don't yeah, want to I mean, yeah, they provide, they provide different, yeah. uh, you know, they connect Outlets. with different parts of your brain, right? Yeah. 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 Um, meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I uh, definitely cannot go without lunch. Uh, because of the schedule, be you know, as such, oftentimes I'm taking a really early flight out of Colorado, and so you know, I maybe I'll miss breakfast, even though I know they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But yeah, and and because of the time change, you know, in Washington's two you get there, two hours the ahead. Time, yeah. yeah, so the next day when I'm in Washington, it's kind of I can never really get breakfast right. So mm-hmm. I could probably do without breakfast. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Food types: Mexican, Japanese, Italian. That I gotta opt. I mean, every one of those is. I, don't, I could not. Yeah, they're all good. They're okay. All good. My wife is Hispanic, and so uh, we. I mean, all kinds of different Mexican American dishes that we love. As I mentioned, spaghetti was my. And I can't backtrack from the the last meal um, question that you posed earlier. Uh, and then Japanese, we we love sushi and you know, great sushi restaurants in Colorado. So yeah, that's. That's a tough one. Yeah, but, it's a tough one. But in it, we kind of figured out like you, like any good politician, I've now you know, right? You're not found a way to yeah. avoid taking a position. Taking on, a on, p- on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've really said it all. Um, I I'm going to even end on that one. I'm not going to ask you anymore because you have basically proven my theory that you've gotten around talking about the really tough issues. Um, but I end each time, and I think this is a great way to kind of end our talk is. The question of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear about how you, how much you love your family yeah. and your your parents and your kids and your wife, and and that's all part of it. But I really would love just to get from you what is your definition of what joy is, what joy means to you personally, and then about how you spread joy because you're in communications. Uh, that is one of your talents. That is one of the fields that you work in. And communications is really about messaging. Mm -hmm. And we're not messaging a specific uh, policy, but messaging positive energy. So I'd love to hear a lot of your, like a way for you to kind of bring all that together. Yeah, as you said, I derive the greatest joy from my family, which I suspect 
most Americans, you know, feel the same way. And to your point, at the outset of this interview, the the notion that we all share generally the same values and you know, we're all a lot more alike than we are different. I certainly think that that's true, and, and perhaps one of the best metrics uh, of that or best examples is the way in which we derive joy in our lives and the fact that so much of that comes from our families. For me, if I were going to define joy, the way in which I would define it personally is a an innate and unbreakable sense of hopefulness about your, the current state of affairs and the future that you're building. That, to me, is what joy, what I feel joy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sense of, of hope about uh, our ability to solve big problems, to tackle big challenges. And I think, I talk about this often, that uh, th- there was a quote, I don't want to belabor no, this please, too long, please. but when I was campaigning for Congress six years ago, first time, five years ago for the first time, uh, near the end of the campaign, I toured a children's hospital. And at the hospital, we went through a wing where terminally ill, seriously ill children are educated. It was a classroom, and on the classroom was a wall of quotes that the students had been asked to identify and put up Mm -hmm. on the wall. And there was one quote, and it has stayed with me, and I've used it now in speeches, and I talk about it often. And the quote was, fear is contagious, but so is hope, Mm -hmm. which to me captures so much. And this was, by the way, it's a this is pre-COVID-19 pandemic, you know, literally, uh, when we think about contagions. Uh, but also, this was before a lot of the, uh, shall we say, larger developments in our public policy. The negative energy that's The negative energy in the, in the last couple of years, yeah. right? Um, and so, for me, I certainly believe that is true. Fear is contagious. It's, and, and there are a lot of politicians, I don't mean pejorative here about a particular party or not, but just it, there are people who I think— weaponize leverage fear and Absolutely. and it's that's that's kind of the the game certainly in Washington from my perspective the the best public servants that have served our country in the past have done so by spreading hope by trying to find ways to make sure that hope is just as contagious as fear and it it turns out that it is because people fundamentally are more inclined to be hopeful i think than fearful uh, if you approach them from a values-based proposition as opposed to maybe talking to them about, uh, you know, different issues. And so yeah. I, that, that's kind of the, the way that I define it. That's the way that I've approached it. Uh, we have an obligation to spread hope, and I try to. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who uh, ran for his first public office when Barack Obama was, you know, running for president and, and remember watching him and as he spoke to the country about hope, about hope and about— the hope that he brought to the table and the hope that he generated in millions of young people, myself included. Yes. Uh, and so one hopes that you can kind of continue that, that, uh, that theme and pass the baton, you know, to the next generation of young people coming up today. Who, well, you're his next generation, so. you know. Well, I'm getting ways. a lot older, so I might still be young like the next generation after yeah. me. But that's <laughs> well, thank you. And you know what I think about is like your two young children and that you – and people who are elected leaders. And I think so many people that give back to our country, many of us know that we are doing it for our children, our grandchildren, and um, and and making sure that we make this place, again, a place that is hopeful and that feels good and that is inclusive because there's nothing better, and you know this, than feeling like you're at home, totally. in your own home, in your own city, in your own state, and in your own country. 
So I want to thank you. Oh, thank because you. Because I really enjoyed getting to know you and learn Pleasure's a little bit mine. more about your family and coming a, as an immigrant family and, and really what special parents and beautiful wife you have and, and amazing children. Thank you. So thank, thank you. you for joining me and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. Thank you.